Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. How many of you remember why you were named what you were named? Did your parents or anyone? Yeah, you remember? Yes, I was never told that. I was just hung with the name. I was like, what? What's the deal? took me years to, to, to look into my heritage and all to find out why I was named what I was named. And I think it's really cool, isn't it, that you can now, you can chase your ancestors back. You can find out part of your heritage. Maybe you find out there was someone else named just the same name that you had. And you're like, I'm going to take that one. But you leave the other ancestor off that you could have been named after the one that was a little shady or something. It's like, no, no, I'll take that one. The hero of the Revolutionary War. I'll take his name. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, it, it is interesting to note how babies, uh, the names have changed through the years. Uh, back in 1965, these were, these were the top ten. I mean, these, uh, to me, you know, you, you had to know somebody named each one of these, right? Gosh, you know what? I'm still not on that list. I don't know. I, I don't know what the deal is. There, how many of you find yourself on that list this morning? Let's see. Hands. Yeah, that's 65. Now, now let's look at 2015. Let's see what it's like. Do we see any names from 1965? <laughs> I mean, and number one, there you go. How many of you find your name on that? Yep, there you go, see? So names, names, what's in a name? We started this four weeks ago where we are looking at God's names because God is like a diamond. He has, he's a facet. You know, he has different facets to his personality, to his character, uh, and we all like to think that we're very unique, and we are unique in many ways. Each of us and our names are part of that. We, we want to be known uh, as, as uniquely us. Uh, we, many, some of us may have multiple middle names. I know friends of mine who have two middle names, not just one. We hyphenate our names now in order to not lose maybe a, a character in our lineage that we don't want to lose. So we hyphenate to bring that person along with us into our story uh, in the Old Testament, there were names. They would name their children uh, after what was going on in life. Now, you know, hopefully it was good when you were named <laughs> so, because it was kind of a marker in time. And uh, names like uh, Eleazar, God is my help. I mean, what a great name, you know. God is my help. But then there's Ishaya, which means let God forget. You know, I don't know if that was just a difficult childbirth or what. You know, mom, mom said, it's Shia. That's what I'm going to call him. Yeah, it's Shia. But you were just trouble, dude, from the beginning, you know. Or it could mean, you know, you can kind of recontextualize it away and go, God, you know, God, you know, you're my help. God, you're my help. And, and uh, I'm not going to forget you. Um, let God not forget, you know, not forget me. And uh, or let God forget the sins that I had one time. Let God forget the times I blew it. Let God forget all of the things that are not pleasing to him. So we've rephrased, we, we can take our names and we can change them around, it seems like, in life these days. And God has uh, been steadily through time, through his word, revealing himself to us 
by his names and by his how he interacted with us in life. And it's not like we came up with a name for him. He would say, this is who I am. This is how I, how I am a part of your life. We've looked at Elohim, which is strong creator. It goes back to Genesis and how indeed he's a strong creator. And maybe many of us in here this morning, you know him as Elohim. You know him as strong creator. Like I believe there's a God of creation. I believe there's, there's some wise, powerful hand behind everything that I see. But that's about as far as I've gotten with God. Is Elohim, strong creator. But then we find out, secondly, there's the name Jehovah. And that Jehovah is the self-existing one. I am that I am, he told Moses. I've always been, I will always be. And he, he revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush and how he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. I am, I am forever, I've been forever, I will be forever. I'm just re, I'm recreating myself constantly, I've always been. This is who I am. And then last week we looked at Adonai. And today we're going to look at, I want you to say this with me. This is what they call a combined name. Jehovah Saba. Can you say that? Jehovah Saba. T-S-A-B-A. Uh, on the back of your handout this morning is a fill-in, like I do every Sunday usually. And you can follow along, and the definitions are, are there as well. And we're going to be over in 1 Samuel 17. This is a familiar story with uh, many of you, David and the Goliath, and uh, how he called on God, how he called on Jehovah Saba whenever he faced the giant in his life. So I'm going to pray, pray over this, the time that we spend together in his word. And uh, if you would also pray and just say, God, I want you to reveal to me maybe a new facet of your character this morning. Would you make yourself new to me? Not just Elohim, not just the strong creator, not the distant God that made everything, but would you reveal yourself to me as Jehovah Saba? And let's see what God does today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us this testimony, these books, Lord. These are Books and letters, it's just not one book, it's 66 books and by 40 authors written over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that work together in such a powerful way to reveal to us who you are and how you love humanity, how you've given yourself for humanity in Christ. And today, God, we with great expectation look to your word. We ask for you to speak to us through it. We open the ears of our intellect, as well as the ears of our heart. We ask for you to invade our senses, our senses and invade our heart in such a way that we will see you fresh and anew in a powerful way today, God. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come walk among us, within us, and you have your way here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here's the story. Let's read the first passage. This is uh, verse 45 out of 1 Samuel 17. Uh, Israel's armies are arrayed on one side. The Philistine army is on the other side. There is a valley. Uh, there's David. There's his brothers. Uh, there is the Philistines with their champion, Goliath, big dude. And uh, David comes up. Just get this setting. He's bringing some supplies to his brother. 
his brother's there on the war front. He's a shepherd. He comes up, brings some supplies, and he hears this loud mouth yakking. And all of the Israelites are just hunkered in the bunker. You know, they're down and like, whoa, what's going on here? And so we're going to start with this first. So let's launch it. Then David said to the Philistine, that's Goliath, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. That is what? Jehovah Saba. That's it. The Lord of hosts. It means the Lord of all creation. The Lord of all the angels. The Lord of everything that can be controlled by God. David is saying, I come to you in the name of the self-existing one who controls all the myriads and myriads of angels. Whether all that has, that's been created, I come to you in his name. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Giants in our lives. For 40 days, these guys had been looking across the valley. 40 days, it says, in the morning and in the evening. Goliath would taunt them, yell at them, and so they would leave. 40 days, that's 80 times to take the giant on. But nobody had taken him on yet. 80 times they leave, being taunted, being harassed. Your first fill-in, you should have a pen too so you can... Just follow along there is Jehovah Saba. When our giants accuse us. Jehovah Saba. When our giants accuse us. Let's read the next passage of scripture. First Samuel. He looked David over. This is Goliath. And saw that he was little more than a boy. Glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. And over in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, we are told this. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Jehovah Saba, when our giants accuse us. You ever have these voices in the morning or, or you have this, these thoughts in the evenings after you finish a day that I could have done better today. Like I don't know why I did what I did. Or you hear this harassing kind of... Uh, a voice again, and I don't mean literal, you know what I'm saying, like you, you just feel bad, you feel down, you're like the day didn't go like I planned for it, I said something I shouldn't have said, I don't know why I reacted the way I did to that person, I, I, I don't know, or, or you took on a project and it didn't go well, and suddenly you're thinking, I'm not up to this, I am just not up to this, I don't know why my supervisor or my boss asked me to do this, I don't know why I volunteered at school to do this, Thing. I'm, not, I'm not smart enough for this. Why did my teacher ask me to do this? Why did my instructor, why did my prof, why? Why would I, I mean, why would they ask me? Are they trying to humiliate me? You get all these conversations going. And it's like a giant whispering in you, your ear that you are not capable of doing what you need to do in life. And giants come in all kind of sizes and all kind of voices in our life. And you know you're facing a giant because of the effect that it has on you. When you get frozen 
Like in life, you get thrown something and you stop and you can't make a decision. You're like, uh, I can't move. I can't move. You're facing a giant. When you hit a spot in life where you think you're just not up to it, even though maybe others have thought you were, but you just feel something deep inside of you cringing and pushing you back and pushing you back, you're facing a giant. You can tell if you're facing a giant or not by the effect that the giant has on you. Now, I know, I know for a fact in this room this morning, there are many of us facing giants right now. All manner of giants. And whenever we face giants, what did David do? David called on Jehovah Saba, the Lord of hosts of all the armies of heaven who control everything in life. Lord, you are enough for me, Jehovah Saba. Here he is, probably 14, 15 years old. His big brother, Eliab, much older, much stronger, much bigger, much more trained. Got a track record. They don't know about the little shepherd boy out protecting the sheep. They don't know about him. They don't know what he's doing. Just that he's the punk. Any of you got little brothers? Any of you? Are you a little brother? Well, you know, right? That's right, you know. All right, when you're the little brother, you know, I don't know what that's like. I was the big brother, so, but I know what picking on one's like. But, yeah, you, know, you, gotta stand, you, you have to kind of stand up, and, and you almost have to recognize the giants in your life, the ones that are pressing back on you. And, uh, you know, we can hear voices like, you loser. Uh, you know, you, you're just so ugly. <laughs> You'll never make that. You can't. Nobody's going to respect you. You fail. You're, how many times have you failed now? You ever notice how the giants can whisper every number of your failures when God never keeps track of them? Whenever you hear a thought or you have a thought of the number of failures you've had, guess who it isn't? Because he keeps no record. So you know who you're dealing with. You're dealing with a giant. You're dealing with someone that's pushing back on everything that God wants to do in your life. And when we feel that push and we feel that resistance, Jehovah Saba, I come to you in the power of the Lord of hosts, the armies of Israel. I'm coming. It's another facet of God and who he is, the God of war, the God who comes in to take over what the enemy has stolen. God, Jesus has come to give us life and more abundant life. And the enemy has come to kill, to rob, to steal, to destroy from us. And part of that is when these accusations come. You're too old. You're too young. You're too middle-aged. You know? Nobody's too middle-aged, right? (laughs) Whenever you've got two of anything that says you can't do what God's called you, it's a giant. It's not God doing that in you. And the devil knows our weaknesses. That's why in the book of Revelation, when it was written, it's like the enemy, the accuser. When you read the book of Job, you see that the devil was before God accusing. You know, accusing Job. Just let me get to him. I'll show you what kind of man he is. Let me rob, kill. Let me, let me get into his life and see what I can. Sh- I'll show you what kind of man he is. And in the Revelation, that book we are going to look at in this coming year, You know, we get warned that the accuser of the brothers and the sisters has been thrown down to earth here on the planet. And he knows his time is limited. So he is out to accuse. 
That's why he's called the accuser. To dissuade you from apprehending what God has for you. To rob from you everything God has for you. The things that you know deep in your heart are yours from God. And maybe you've let go of them a little bit. He wants to do that and keep accusing you. Keeps yelling across the valley to you. Loser! You'll never get what God told you. You're just not capable of doing it. And who are you? A 14-year-old little boy with a sling and a couple of stones in the park. Who are you to face a Goliath? You're not, but Jehovah Saba is. So when you hear the accusations, when you hear the accusations from the giant, Jehovah Saba. Number two, your second fill-in is this. Jehovah Saba, when we need a new perspective. Boy, this is so powerful here. Jehovah Saba, when we need a new perspective. You know, it's never about what you see. It's never all about that. It's about how you see what you see. How you view what you see, not what you see. Let's read some scripture. 1 Samuel 17, 26. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I'm going to come back to this, but let's scoot over to the New Testament and the book of Ephesians. And let me say this too about this book. You know, Paul's writing this book to Ephesus, this church, while he is shackled to a Roman soldier. So no wonder in the book of Ephesians he begins to talk about armor and he begins to talk about this metaphor of uh, how we can fight the enemy because he's shackled to a Roman guard. He's looking at the breastplate. He's looking at the helmet and he's going, he thinks he has power. I've got the breastplate of righteousness. My feet have been shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I have the helmet of salvation. You know, a sword of faith. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our giants are spiritual giants. And many times we look at them as physical, and our perspective can be changed because David saw the same giant that that Eliab and Israel had seen Every day for 40 days, but he looked at him through a different lens. Put the first scripture back up, Dustin, if you would. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills who? This Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel. What's the next phrase? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You know what? Goliath was a big guy, right? Huge guy. But you know what? He had a little, I hope this is not crude for you, but he had a little bit too much skin in the game. (laughs) A little bit too much skin in the game. Because what David saw was this God does not have the protection of God. He is depending on all that he is while I am depending on Jehovah Saba, the Lord of hosts. That is a change in perspective. What is your perspective of your giant this morning? Can you see around it? What view are you taking? Is it a giant to slay or is it a giant to run from? Which one? 
Is it a giant for you to face with Jehovah Saba out front as you walk out onto the field of battle against us so you can get on the other side and down to where God has called you? Is this uncircumcised Philistine shaming you? Speaking things in your ear about what you will never do? Is he accusing you right and left? Well, that's a giant. That is an uncircumcised Philistine that is waiting for you to step up and to, and to cry out, Jehovah Saba. It's perspective. They saw the same giant, but they looked at it differently. Differently. Pablo Picasso, uh, you know who he is, right? The great artist. He was at a show in Paris. We've got one of his paintings here. And, uh, yeah, good old Pablo. Um, <laughs> and a guy walked up to him and he said, why don't, you paint, why don't you paint pictures of people the way they really look? And he said, well, what do you mean? And so the guy took out a, a picture of his wife and handed it to him. And he looked at it and he went, Wow, she sure is small and very flat. <laughs> Perspective, right? Perspective. A few years ago in the D.C. metro, there was a violinist that walked in. I don't know if you've heard these subway musicians, and there's some awesome musicians down around the subway and, and all, but this violin just cracked open his case, grabbed his violin, and started at rush hour in January, a very cold month in D.C., and began to play Bach. And he kept playing, and people just went by. One woman dropped by and dropped a dollar into his violin case. And the only people that stopped by was a three-and-a-half-year-old little boy who stopped and was almost had to be dragged away from, from the playing. And then another child came by and had to be dragged away. It was only a couple of children that even stopped, and this is what they heard. Play this clip. Thanks, Dustin. That, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. No one stopped. This guy was playing a $3.5 million violin. $3.5 million. His name's Joshua Bell. He's one of the most famous and undisputed violinists in the world. But because he was dressed a certain way, because he was standing at a certain place at a certain time, the only people who had the right perspective were children. The only one who saw through the demeanor, through the stature, was a child. Perspective is everything. Everything. And when we face our giants, there is a whole other perspective that God wants to give you. Especially as Jehovah Saba, the God of hosts, the Lord of hosts, who has come 
to do battle in you and through you against the giants that want to steal God's plan and will for your life. So Jehovah Sava, when we need a new perspective. Third, the third fill-in is Jehovah Saba when we don't have what it takes. Jehovah Saba when we don't have when we don't have what it takes. First Samuel 17, 28. We'll leave, read a few verses here. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? <laughs> I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. And then Saul, the king, says this to David. You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. He, Goliath, looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy. Now, I know this is a romantic story in many ways and and we want to really save David was, you know, he was just this young teenager and he, he grew his, and we go out and we make him such a hero. But you know what? And he was, but he was still a young kid. Every bit the frail human teenager that most teenagers are, maybe they don't know as much fear, you know, as you gain over time, unfortunately. And, uh, but at the same time, he was a normal human being. I can imagine after he, you know, that was his big brother. That was the king. And that was the giant telling him he was not enough. And you know what? Without Jehovah Saba, he wasn't enough. He wasn't enough. Let's read the next passage. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29, New Testament. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. This is God's specialty. When we're not enough and we face a giant, it's a prime time for Jehovah Saba. Prime time because that's when he shows off, when God shows off. Whatever giant you're facing right now in your life, it's time for God to show off and show out. It's time for him to show up on the scene and be Jehovah Saba against the uncircumcised Philistine. If I could cuss this morning, I would cuss the uncircumcised Philistine <laughs> in your life. I mean, David cursed him. You know, cursed him and said, you will not stop. You will not stop what God wants to do here. I mean, you don't walk up to Goliath and go, how's it going, G? You know, hey, give me five, big fist bump, all right. You know, no, it's none of that. It's like, Jehovah Saba, all I got's a sling. That's all I got, but you got the angels. How many angels? Well, let's see. Jesus, you said there were 60,000 at your beck and call. 60,000 that you could have called down upon the cross to save you, but you didn't. But they were at your beck and call, and you could have called them. You could have. Oh, in Revelation, you said there are like two and a half million to three million angels. And then in another place in Scripture, it says there are innumerable angels available. So God, right now is a good time because all I got is a sling. <laughs> right now is a good time because you choose the foolish things. You choose the foolish things to show out your strength, God, because I don't have it. Jehovah Saba, when I am not enough. But when Jehovah Saba is, we see that's the upside down kingdom, isn't it? That's the upside down. It's not 
so much in my own vim and my own strength and my own vigor that God comes and does great things. It's, it's when I find out that I'm at the end of myself and I don't have enough for what it takes to face this giant that God comes and shows himself strong so he gets the glory for it. And God wants to show out this morning. He wants to show off this morning in your life. He wants to come as Jehovah Saba to your giant this morning. He wants to walk out on the field and God's, you know, you don't play nice with the devil. You just don't. You don't play nice with the things that are threatening to rob you of what God has for you. You don't play nice with that. Don't fist bump Goliath. You know, don't do it. Don't take him as a pet. Don't put him in your house and say, you've been with me for so long. You've been with me for so long, I'm just going to turn you into a pet. I'm going to have you around. You've told me that I could never do anything. I've accepted it. Come on into my house. Come on in. Be a part of my life. I mean, you're big and you're powerful and all I got is a sling. And Come on in and be a part of my life. No, it's Jehovah Saba. The Lord of hosts is here. When everyone else ran, David stepped up for one reason. Because with all of Israel, he was more than all of them with Jehovah Saba. Don't play nice with your giants. Yeah, you're not enough. You're not enough, and that's when God wants to show out. Some of the most incredible moments of our lives will be when God, with God, will be when we think we have nothing to offer. Some of the most incredible moments, some of us know this already. We were down and out for the count. We didn't have enough resources. We didn't have enough to get through it. But Jehovah Saba somehow pressed in. And won the victory for us. Every single one of us in this room. Every one of us have been given a plan by God to fulfill while we're here. I believe that with all of my heart. Every single one of us. Part of the giant in your life may be that you don't believe that. You've already allowed the giant to steal and take that away from you. And now you're standing out on the field this morning. And while everybody else runs, you're going to step up and you're going to say to that uncircumcised Philistine, because being uncircumcised that the enemy is, he does not have the covering or the protection of God. And that was a picture of the covenant of God with the ancient Israel people, Israelite people. And so David was saying, and the Philistines, by the way, if you do a little study, you find out they were some of the most rabid anti-circumcision people of that era. And so... You know, they were just, David was like calling him out. And so today, the question is, what are you going to do with your giant? What are you going to do? How are you going to respond? Are you going to keep the accusations coming? Are you going to let him keep hurling that across the way to you? Are you going to call on Jehovah Saba? You know, some of you, your first call this morning, your first stand is to stand and to say to the giant of your own fear, to say, okay, I surrender to God. Some of you, you put it off. You put it off. You go, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do life. I'm going to be a good person. But this thing of following Jesus is a little bit too, too radical for me. I don't, know what it's gonna, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, how about taking on giants? That's a pretty exciting life, right? How about coming and join the rest of us that are trying to slay giants with Jehovah Saba out front? Come on and journey with the rest of us that are in this battle and working through it. 
That's your first giant to slay this morning. Before you ever get to any other giants in your life, that one has to be slain. The giant of your own self-sufficiency. The giant of not recognizing God's hand and His love. You know, the war that you're in is a war of love. The battle you're in is a battle of love, of God's great love for you. And you look at the cross and you see that. That is the battle Jesus went to in order to win you to Himself. And to call you to serve him. Now, some of the rest of us, we're battling, we're battling some spiritual stuff. It could be addictions, relational problems, habits. Uh, it could be some. It could be anything that keeps us from everything God has called us to. And we want to pray for that. So, I'm going to ask you to do something very bold in just a moment. Okay, but I'm going to pray first. And then we're going to see what God does. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Jehovah Saba. Would you come? Jesus, you are the names of God all wrapped up into one, as we're going to see in the weeks to come. You have won the victory. And you have called us to follow you and given us your spirit that we would go and do the same. I pray right now for those who are battling that giant of saying yes to you. It's something inside. The enemy keeps pushing them back, keeping them from taking a stand, a bold stand today to say, yes, I plant the sword in the ground right here. This is the day I begin to follow Jesus. I turn away from the other giants in my life and I follow the true king, Jesus. I'm going to ask you, while we're praying, we're all praying in here right now. You're in a place of wonderful love and friendship and support. What a great place to stand and to say yes to Jesus this morning. I'm going to ask you to do that if you would just stand. If this is the day for you to begin your journey with Jesus. Come, Lord. Holy Spirit, move in the hesitant hearts. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Father, make your presence known to my brother right now. As he comes out of darkness into the light, Father, of your great love and your calling to follow. Make yourself known right now. Thank you. Now, just keep praying. How many of you are facing a giant in your life? I want you to stand for prayer too. Christian, we face giants. That's right. Thank you. That's right. We continue to face giants as we continue to follow Jesus as part of his sanctifying process, part of his taking all of us. And so we're all... At times, face these giants. Come on. Okay, let's. Vineyard folks, you see the folks standing. Somebody get near them. Just lightly touch them on the shoulder and pray God's presence. Jehovah Saba, the Lord of hosts, with one another today. Strong. Yes, God. Yes, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. Come. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.